Uh, good morning. My name is Tony Elswick. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I will officially be one of the pastors here uh, if the Lord doesn't return before the end of this service. So I will allow that interruption if, uh, if he so chose to do that. We're continuing in our series in Ephesians chapter 2 and starting in verse 19. Later on, we're going to be in Mark 10, so um, that's not in your worship folders, but if you want to mark that in your Bibles, it will be on the screen, so you may not have to worry about it, but if you like to use your Bible, you can do it old school and rip off a, a portion of the worship folder and just bookmark it for later, um, but we are going to be there later. But right now, we're in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. <clears throat> so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. All right, so practice to, to say this together. Uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Amen. So a lot of the, the language in Ephesians chapter 2 is the language of strangers and aliens, of, of being other than uh, the people of God. And it's, it's a language a lot of times that we use for things like immigrants. And we'd been immigrants, uh, me and my family, several times. And uh, one time we had to spend a month in Belgium, which was not a hardship thing, but it was for admission to the world. It was a training, and we had to spend a month there. And we were staying in these dormitories, and they were kind of older, and older dormitories have older pillows, and those pillows gave my wife a lot of allergies. And so one day, being the dutiful husband, I went into the community to try to buy a pillow. And so I'm going around to the various shops. I mean, it was a small town, but it wasn't so small that there should be no pillows. And I go around, and I'm looking around for pillows. And a lot of people speak English there, so I'd go in, and I'd say, hey, do you sell pillows? And they would say, No. And I would say, do you know where I could buy a pillow? I'd say, no. And then eventually I, I tried to get a little creative with him. So I was like, if you were to buy a pillow, where would you go? I don't know. Eventually I was able to buy, find a, a throw pillow, like the type that they put on a couch. And that didn't make me feel better because you don't want that for your head. But it proves the point that they have pillow technology in Belgium. They had them, I don't know where, but it was frustrating because you're walking by Mercedes, BMWs, and here's the rule. It's, it's, this is not American technology. If you have a Mercedes, you have a pillow. They are for sale somewhere. <laughs> but walking back to the place with my throw pillow, I just felt like a stranger, like an alien, like an outcast, like a weirdo. Why can't I accomplish this task that would be so easy in the United States? Walmart, everything, there, just one place. Here in Belgium, nobody knows. Mystery, mystery of the Lord. Perhaps the only thing more disorienting than being a stranger and alien is being an outcast. Being in a situation where you're supposed to belong, but you don't anymore. And this is what the Ephesians faced. See, as they came into Christ, they were, became outcasts of their community. So as they're walking around Ephesus, they're seeing their old, old friends' houses. 
places where they used to be welcomed, but they're not welcomed anymore. And they're seeing you know, their old family members' houses, places where they would be welcomed, but they're no longer welcomed there. They see dominating the landscape this giant temple to Artemis, which they grew up worshiping, but now they realize that that is a false god. That's not the real god, and the real god is the god of the Jews, and the Jews don't like them very much. And they had to be pretty disorienting when you feel like an outcast, and maybe there's some of you here today who feel that way. Maybe it's some sin that you have in your life, or in your past that you want to keep hidden from everybody because you think, if anybody knew this truth about me, then I'd be out. Maybe it's some sort of suffering you're going through, a sickness, job struggles, marriage struggles, and you think, if people really understood what I was going through, then I'd be out. Or you think, nobody knows, nobody's ever experienced this, nobody knows what it's like to be me. Maybe you feel isolated, you're a teenager, and you think, your parents just don't understand what it's like to be, to be you growing up in this day and age. And you're probably right to an extent. And so you feel isolated and alone. But the message from this is that you are no longer a stranger. This is what it says in verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Even though oftentimes we can feel like outcasts, we're brought into relationship with God. It reminds me of the first time I went to the jungle. I got a lot of great experiences that first time, but well, one of them, um, we went, we, if you didn't know, I was a missionary to Panama. We went and we worked in the jungle some, and we worked among this tribe that was part of the Embará community, and they spoke a language, Embará. We knew they spoke Spanish, but we didn't know how much they spoke Spanish. We didn't know how much they spoke Embará. So I was able to find a app that had the translation of the Bible in Embara, the New Testament in Embara, in audio form. So some people, better than me, had translated the Bible, paid voice recorders, and they had recorded it in Embara, and they made it available for free on an app. And so if you want to learn Embara, you can download the app, and you can start practicing that. Do your CBR through that, and that would be awesome. But you can do that. So I go there, and uh, the first night, I remember I'm sitting in the jungle, and we're in one of the houses, and they're in these like stilt wooden houses overlooking a, a river. And I say to them, hey, let me play this recording for you, and you tell me if this is your language. And so I played the Bible for them in Embara. And I wish you could have been there. I wish you get the ch chance to do this sometime, because it was amazing. Their faces lit up. And they were hungry to listen to more. It wasn't even a very great passage that I had downloaded. I think it was one of the genealogies. But just to hear it in their language was so amazing to them because it spoke this reality that God speaks my language. You know, they knew he spoke Spanish, right? And they knew to some degree that they were accepted into the community of God because they, you know, they'd had other missionaries come and tell them that. But now, for the first time, they're experiencing this real reality that God speaks my language. And whatever you're going through that makes you feel like an other, like an outcast, the message is that God speaks your language too. If you're trying to hide in your sin, God speaks the language of your redemption and restoration. If you're suffering, your sickness, job, marriage problems, whatever, God speaks the language of your suffering if you feel alone, unique, isolated, God speaks the language of your isolation as well. 
and he brings you into relationship with him. Let's look at the passage again. He says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So you're no longer an outcast, a stranger, because you are brought in by Christ. You are brought in by him. And we know some of that, right? Because that's the story of the gospel. Here we are. God wanted to have a relationship with us. But the bad news is that our sin separated us from God. But the good news of the bad news is that it's only our sin that separates us from God. It's not your suffering. It's not your it's not nothing your personality quirks. It's not you know, your ethnicity. It's none of that. It's just your sin. And that's good news because God dealt with our sin. He sent Jesus to be born as a man, fully God, fully man, lived a perfect life. He went to the cross, and being fully man, he could be our representative. And being fully God, his blood was precious enough to pay for all of our sins. But here's the reality. Sometimes we can think of that, and we can just think, that God just generally paid for our sins. But the reality is he paid for every one of your specific sins. If you're in him, then it was the specific sins that he was punished for, yours. So think about that a moment. Think about something, some ugly sin that you're, you're afraid to bring to God or afraid to remember, you're, you're embarrassed about. That specific sin was put on Christ and paid for. And what that means is, he was punished in our place. There's no more punishment to pay. If someone pays off your mortgage, the bank doesn't accept extra payments. It's been paid. And that's the reality. That's how much we've been brought in. There's nothing that separates us anymore. The only thing that separated us was our sin. And if you're in Christ, that's been dealt with. And that's good news. And he goes on in verse 22. In him, you also are being built together. You're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, now the reality that we are in Christ is kind of weird. Because it's a spiritual reality and we're just accustomed to like material realities that we can feel and see. And this reality that we are in Christ is a spiritual reality, and it's true. But if you are in Christ, and I am in Christ, then we're united together, right? Because we are both in Christ. We are being built together. I love reading uh, books about soldiers particularly American soldiers. My, my dad was in the military. I was an army brat. So I love reading story, stories like Band of Brothers, and we were soldiers, these Americans who were brave, and they, they overcome great difficulty because I feel a kinship with them, right? Like, okay, they're my people. But I've noticed that what I love reading more than that is stories of Christians who overcome a lot of danger and adversity for Christ. My favorite book is this book, God's Smuggler, G-O-D apostrophe S, God's Smuggler. So you can read it later this week. 
And it's a great book. It's a story of a guy who smuggled Bibles behind the Iron Curtain. And if you're too young to know what the Iron Curtain was, it was a, it was a block of communist countries where Christianity was illegal, Bibles were illegal. And so what he did, he risked his life to go in and take Bibles to these people. And I love it. But he's Dutch. And I'm a lot of things, but I'm not Dutch. But he's a believer. And I'm a believer. So he's mi gente, he's my people. And he's su gente, he's your people. Because in Christ, we're together. And so I'm reading this book about a guy from Rwanda who overcame the genocide. He went through the genocide, and now he's a believer, and he's telling his story. And I love it, because we're connected, because he's mi gente, he's my people. And he's su gente, he's, he's your people. I, I'm not Rwandan, but I'm a believer, and he's a believer, and he's in Christ, and I'm in Christ. I read a story about the, the history of Christianity in Japan, and I loved it. Because the history of Christianity in Japan is my story. Because the history of Japanese Christians, they're, they're mi gente, they're my people. And they're su gente, they're your people. And the history, their heritage of Christianity in Japan is more our heritage than it is the heritage of a Japanese non-believer. Because that is the power of our union with Christ in our union with one another. Right now, there's a Russian soldier and there's Ukrainian soldiers. And in some cases, there's probably a Russian soldier who's a Christian and a Ukrainian soldier who's a Christian. And they are more connected to one another than the Ukrainian soldier is to the unbelievers that he's protecting. Now, they don't feel that, I'm sure, at this moment. Maybe, they, maybe there's going to be some amazing stories that we hear later. I don't know. But they may not feel that, but that's okay. Because it's not our feelings that determine the reality of these things. It's the fact of the blood of Christ, that he died for us to bring us into him, and he's bringing us in together. And that's the reality, that as we are being built together, we have a responsibility to the Christian community, to one another. That we have a responsibility to reject the consumerism of our culture that treats relationships as transactional. And if you offend me, if you're not helping me along my journey, then I cut you off. If you offend me, if you annoy me, if you say something politically incorrect, then you're canceled, you're out. And we're meant to believe and to live and lean into the responsibility that we have towards one another as a true and healthy, righteous family. Now, if you, if you have your Bible, turn to Mark 10, because I want you to see something here. Because it's more than just a responsibility that we have. Starting in verse 28, it says this, Peter began to say to him, him being Jesus, See, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Here's really what's interesting about this. He's not talking about a, a prosperity gospel where we all have a bunch of houses and a bunch of lands and all these type of things. He, I mean, he even mentions persecutions. So what's he talking about? He's talking about you and me. He's talking about the relationships that we have together. 
that, that you are my people and I'm your people. And together we, we share our houses, our homes, and, and, and all these wonderful things. Here's the reality. Our responsibility to the Christian community is not just a responsibility. It's part of the reward. It's part of our inheritance. It's the gift from the Lord. And we should treat it that way, with joy. I mean, how amazing is that? This is one of the things that has been really foundational in, foundation, in Redeemer, foundational in Redeemer, has been wanting to highlight and really lead into this Christian community. That's why we have things like community groups and discipleship groups. That's why if you get sick or if you, if you have a, a child, they start a meal train for you. That's pretty awesome. We had Nicolette here. I mean, some of that food was so good, we thought about having a fifth child. Just, <laughs> just for that. Well, I did. Amber was like, nah. Go to a restaurant. <laughs> but what other organization has deacons that you can go to with some of your problems and they can help walk alongside you and help you with that? This is this reality that we, we have a community, that we have a reward that includes each other. So if you're feeling isolated because of sin, maybe you don't feel right now like you're totally part of the community, you feel isolated because of sin, then the reality is this, God speaks your language, he's brought you into himself, but in bringing him into himself, he's brought you into this community. And we are suhente, your people. And he's brought us into that. So don't pull back away. Lean into this community. And if you're suffering a sickness, job, family, whatever, you're suffering. Remember, God speaks your language. He brought you into himself. But in bringing him into yourself, he brought you into this community as well of other people into himself. So don't pull back into isolation. Lean forward into the community that's part of your reward. If you feel isolated, quirky, weird, don't pull back. God speaks your language. He brought you in and bringing into himself, he's brought you into this community. Community that you have a responsibility towards, and we need you, but also it's part of the reward. So it should be part of the joy of that. Maybe you don't feel awkward at all, and you just feel like this is home. And you come in, and you're like, these are mi gente. These are my people. Well, that's great. Don't feel bad about that. That's the goal. But let's be prayerful and mindful that we, we see other people that we're still building into this community. Because this is what it says in Ephesians 22. In him, in Christ, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let it be so in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that part of you saving us is that you reach out to us when we are isolated and alone, when we feel separate and weird and different, and you bring us into yourself. You speak our language. And we thank you that in bringing you into yourself, you bring us into a community with other people, that we're not alone. And that we don't have to go through things alone, but we get to do it with other people. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you, everybody. I love you, Jonathan. And I love all of you. And I can say we love all of you. Uh, speaking uh, for my family, my wife, and the kids, uh, you guys have been the best part of coming back from the mission field, even better than the air conditioning. So know that. Because together in Christ, we are his adopted children. We are his family. So receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace, both now and forevermore. Amen.